back to How I Deal, where we discuss past closed, won, and lost deals, how they played out that way, and provide hopefully some useful, actionable sales tips for you all to use in your deals today. My name is Taylor Dollum, full cycle account executive turned content guy, and always joined by my partner in crime, Junior, our sales brain here at Pickle. June, what's going on, man? Dude, not much. It's episode 11. I'm just wondering when we're going to get our first closed loss deal, <laughs> right? So if you're listening and you're bold enough to share a closed loss deal with us, hit me up. Uh, and don't worry, we can also get you on the pod further down the road for a closed one to kind of provide some balance in all things. Yes, balance in anything. And I think we would learn a whole lot more from a closed loss deal. But we always enjoy the closed one, drinking from the, uh, the, the champagne of the sales gods. Uh, and I think we've got another awesome episode teed up for just that today. A quick refresh in case you're joining us for the first time as well. Each conversation and how I deal, we chat through, like we said, a past deal. All names, places, we want to fictionalize, anonymize. That way we can dive really deep uh, and take you from the first time they saw that prospect all the way to getting kind of that deal signed via DocuSign or PDF or fax or wherever you might get your deals completed. Today, we've got Amelia Taylor. She's been in sales for 10 years in various AE, enterprise AE, and strategic roles. She's a coach at Trainio, which does SDR training. She's a Pavilion's Tampa chapter co-head. She's got a chapter written in a book called Heels to Deals, alongside some really other notable, amazing saleswomen. We're really excited to have you on. Amelia, tell us about Heels heels to deals, because I personally think more people should be aware about this. Amazing. Hey, you guys, I am super pumped to be here with y'all. Uh, thank you for having me. So yeah, heels to deals. It was definitely an adventure, not knowing that I was going to jump into writing anything. I've always loved to write, but I received a message on LinkedIn saying, hey, would you want to partake in this book? that has XYZ, XYZ, all these amazing women that I'm like, I don't get intimidated, but like they're intimidating women, right? So I'm thinking, wow, me, seriously? But I've always had a goal of writing a book at some point in life. So I thought this is my end. Like this is my time to make something happen. You know, it was kind of my sales journey of how I got into sales, my life, my background, my, my two daughters, my why, and how I failed. And failed forward, failed fast, but didn't have an option to do otherwise. And um, really grateful that I was able to do so. You know, a little bit about myself. I'm in, I'm an AE over at Carabiner Group. We do RevOps as a service. And I am currently loving what I'm doing. And I fell into it. Did not mean to at all. But learned how to strategically sell in a way where I got really, really honed in on exactly who it was that I was talking to. So what problem specifically does Carabiner solve? You know, as I mentioned, so we do we do RevOps as a service. So it is from start to finish, um, marketing, sales, CS, finance, everything, the alignment across the board. So breaking down all silos. That's awesome. Amelia, what deal are you walking us through today? So we are walking through, and I'm name dropping because this is a good one. I'm name dropping Lee Gabs. Lee Gabs, big shout out to you guys. It was a really fun deal to work. Why, why this deal? 
it was the most unorthodox deal that I've ever worked before. And to preface all of this, I was in a Slack community and the guy that I had been working who ended up being the you know final decision maker on this, he had, when I first started in the RevOps world, joined the Slack community, I get a big slap on the wrist from this guy. Like, do not pitch in my community. And I'm like, oh shoot, back up, back up, back up. So months later down the line, I see that he posts something in Slack saying, who are some of the top consultants you know out there? So I'm thinking redemption time, like hell yeah, all in, let's play. Walk it back a little bit in the in the terms of an unorthodox approach. You saw this person on Slack or, or join the Slack community. Other than that, like, how did you specifically find out about this company? And then from there, gaining all that information? Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't, if you don't qualify the people you're talking about, you're running in circles and you're wasting your time. So I'm without fail, I will go research that person. I will go connect with them on LinkedIn. Won't send a note, but connect with them. I'll go research the company and make sure that it's something that I can actually help them with. So saw that they were series B, they recently got funding. They, we're growing big time. And I thought this is exactly what I can help. Like these are my people with it being that they already had this core team of RevOps people within, uh, it was where they had their own specialties. They had certain things that projects they were working on. So with him asking already and probing saying, Hey, looking for the best consultants. The reason, the way I found that backing up a bit too, I have my keywords set up within Slack. I'll get that notification saying so-and-so did this, you know, whatever it is, but he specifically mentioned HubSpot consultant. So he had that in there. So boom, two keywords of mine. And so I get the notification right then and there. That is one of the biggest plays for me right now. And I would say 90% of my pipeline is via Slack through those keywords. What type of tool do you use to, I guess, get those notifications? Or is there a specific process you have set up that maybe others could could, uh, emulate? You just go to your preferences. And mm-hmm. your Slack, join communities. So find your buyers where they're at, right? Find mm-hmm. the people that are going to buy from you, your potential customers, figure out where they live. So if they're in different Facebook groups, great, go join those. You know, just put your name out there, set up your keywords and Slack set of preferences. And it's right down there at the bottom. Just put the things in that apply to your ICP and it'll automatically just pop up. So you got to love when the regular cadence kicks in, you know, the email, the call, the LinkedIn, but sometimes, you know, when you meet outside the cadence, it can be a really unique experience. In this case, for you, that was a Slack group that you would join. There's lots of Slack groups out there, right? There's lots of keywords that you can track within the Slack groups. There's keywords that you can track on LinkedIn. That's what I personally do for hashtag sales enablement. Like I am all over that, uh, especially for Zoom meetings as well. Note-taking, right? These are things that apply to me in my world. I track those for sure in my social life. I say social, my LinkedIn life, because that's where (laughs) That's where my people are, right? But you mentioned when we were chatting uh, a quick pitch slap, and then they were like, hey, don't don't interact that way in my Slack group. So now you've got a little bit of friction (laughs) there. So how'd you overcome like even just that little aspect? Completely being myself through and through. You already know who our company is. I'm researching you. I know you're big into hockey. I know our VP of revenue is into hockey. I know you guys both are up north. And I so asked my VP of revenue, hey, who's this dude? Can you give me any insights? Oh yeah, we played on some league together at one point. Great. He's really big into Rangers. Great. Let's go Rangers. Again, leveraging the the human aspect of, hey, go Rangers. You know, promise no pitch slap. I had to redeem myself right? I mentioned that before. I had to redeem myself in a way 
to where he saw me as someone who knew what I was doing opposed to someone who just showed up and didn't know what they were doing within this community. I think this is a perfect example because almost every account executives somewhere in their cadence is add to LinkedIn. And as soon as, you know, they click connect, there is that urge to drop some type of message. In the past, I've dropped like, hey, just an FYI or like full transparency, I am prospecting you. I'm not saying that was the best thing, but it was like a little bit of a wedge between me just jumping in and pitching and me like, you know, doing my due diligence on my sales end and build some awareness, I guess. Right. Which, you know, Junior, I, I reached out to you and just said, hey, we're running in the same circles a lot. And I'm seeing your name all over the place. Here's my calendar. Like, like if you feel like it'd be worth yep. your time, let's sync up. So Amelia, I know, um, you know, obviously we talked about the vulnerability sense of, hey, we started off on the wrong foot. Let me be vulnerable, approach it as a human. And then all of a sudden it's turned around. You're having an awesome dialogue. But at some point, and you're alluding to this, like you've now booked a meeting, right? You have to have that first conversation. In a lot of ways, we talk about this all the time, but it, it's the most important pro- part of the process aside from, mm-hmm. you know, the initial outreach. To me, the most important part is this first meeting, this first impression and dedicated time to figure out, you know, what's going on. That one piqued their interest to even meet, but then two, what problems can you know you actually solve as as a consultant, as a partner? So, what did that look like for you? How did you keep it organized, and uh, what did you learn? I leveraged the people that I knew that he knew already to build that credibility. If I didn't have that credibility first and foremost with them, so knowing my CEO knew his CEO, so they were going to a same the same conference, so they were sitting next to each other when this deal closed, I had to stay on top of my game. Let's do this in the the most strategic way possible with the right people on board, the right hands and the cookie jar sort of thing, because this is a, this is a deal that is our sweet spot. This is where I know we can help based off what he said. So I, I piqued his interest with leveraging those within that have that credibility. Rosalind Santolina is amazing within the RevOps community. He has known her for a while. I asked her, about it. So I think a big thing is asking people within, hey, what do you know about this person? Or looking on LinkedIn, who's connected to who? And then going into, you know about us, let's hop on a call and let's just discuss like what the exact needs are. If it's a fit, great. If it's not, we part ways as friends and happy to be a soundboard anytime. Boom. And then I get a text from my CEO that has a screenshot from Dan, who I was working, who I'm working with. Dan's CEO saying, hey, Carabiner Group, I think would be someone that we could work with based off our needs and maybe we should check them out. So us working in sync together is a big thing. Building that relationship with him while that credibility through my CEO and his CEO. During that conversation, maybe what were some of the finer points of like, what problem did they have? How did you steer that conversation? Yeah, I mean, it was very much so let's make this all about like what your needs are. What are y'all struggling with? What's working right now? And what's attributing to that? What happens if this doesn't work? What you've got in place, you know, and asking those right questions, because I don't have all the answers, but I do have the right questions I can frame to make that next step a whole lot easier. The one-to-one conversation, I think is very helpful too, where you're learning as much as you can. Ultimately, you're able to like come to a conclusion that, hey, there looks like there's a lot going on. Looks like we can help. So you're able to build the whole process. This is who we need to bring in. This is what the conversations are going to look like. Here's who on my end you're going to want to connect with. I think all of those are really great to have in the first conversation. So in, in Gap Selling, written by Keenan, he talks about sticking to six features in a demo. But here, 
you're selling services, not so much a product. So there's not really a demo or features to show, right? So how do you shape further conversations from discovery? What did it look like moving forward? Gosh, no, it's selling trust, right? Here's the experts we've got within that are going to be that part of this core team that'll be an extension of your team that you can say, hey, help me with X, Y, Z. And you know that there's that credibility there. I'm an AE. They're going to trust me so far, but what am I going to do? I don't do the tactical, you know, hands-on keyboard work, but we've got a team of experts that do. I'm getting this trust built by leveraging other people. Um, then adding them into the call. You know, next steps are with them. This probably lasted over a few meetings. So throughout that process, I'm, I'm curious, like you mentioned, this was an unorthodox sale. So like, where did the, where did the deal management come from? How did you keep everybody kind of in the same place and, and keep everything organized? So I, I created a, a Slack group messaging thing for all of us. It made the most sense because that's where we met to begin with. So let's keep communication where we originally were at. So yeah, you're right. It was, I want to say five calls we had, but there was a lot of, lot, a lot, a lot of Slack going on. I mean, 1130 at night, we're slacking back and forth going over agreed terms, which is funny, but at the same sense, he had budget cuts. He had things that were going on. He's like, Hey, can we do this? We do that. I'm jumping on that. I'm not waiting until tomorrow. If he's ready to start talking right then, yeah, I'm doing that. If you're at this point, you know, where you're talking terms, I'm reaching out to my CEO, texting him saying, can we do this? Yes, if they sign by this time. Boom, perfect. We haven't talked deal management before, I don't think. Have we, Taylor, talked specifically about deal management? Uh, No, not specifically. I mean, there's entire platforms out there just built for like this purpose of getting you and your buyer in the same room, right? Like sharing resources and all this. If you're listening today and you haven't thought about it, start thinking about deal management. Think about if this is applicable to your sales cycle or if it's applicable to specific deals. It might not be your average deal, but if you're working something that you feel like, hey, it could use something like this, Slack, she's got all of her champions. She's got all of her coaches and experts on her side in one room. Any uh, major barriers or objections through this process that you had to overcome? Because right now it just seems like, man, this is smooth sailing aside from a slight pitch slap. What do you got? It was big time. The market has changed and uh, we all know that big time. There's layoff core. There's people who have budget cuts and that was the big thing for them. They were trying to figure out where in the world to allocate money in the very best way. They know they they knew they needed the help, but it was how can we structure it on our end to meet their needs? Not everyone can do that though, right? Like you can't just shift around your pricing or whatnot. We didn't do that. We just structured it to where there's a way for them to leverage this opt-in for six months later. So let's start and show the ROI that they're going to get then let's go from there. So it's all about meeting them where their needs are at and then ensuring that they feel safe with what it's going to be. But budget, big thing, travel, another thing. My CEO, his CEO, they were both traveling out of town. Ultimate signer was not Dan, it was the CEO. So I'm I'm texting Seamus, my CEO. I'm like, hey, I'm in a huddle with Dan right now. We're, he's annoyed and he just wants to get this done. Finance is saying, hey, can we do this on our paper instead of theirs? We accommodated and Seamus is like, hey, I'm sitting next to his CEO right now. What do you want me to tell him? And I was like, okay, here we go. I was like, I, ask him if we can do this. Give him these two options. He's like, uh, I'm going to just give him one option. So he, then he slacks me back and he says, yep, run with it. Tell him we'll do it on his paper. Let's go ahead and get it done. Get his finance guy to send that over. I got that maybe three minutes later after I told Dan that. And then we just kept rolling. 
like you said, you, you didn't lie. This is an extremely, uh, you know, unique deal. All of it managed <laughs> through Slack, a lot, you know, several meetings back and forth. But for the most part, it was a very, it seemed like a, a pretty efficient uh, sales cycle that a lot of AEs, I think, can look to and, and apply to what they're working on today. Wrapping things up, Amelia, what three things could you provide to, to account executives, other sales pros listening today uh, to kind of inch closer to a closed one? Don't give up wherever you think you've lost such of things. You know, if you think that you've lost some deal, you keep up with who fills that role. If somebody left the company, you think that, okay, I can't work with this company because I burned bridges along the way somewhere or something. There's going to be somebody else filling that role. So keep that in your pipeline because there's redemption in these failed attempts if you just bring the human aspect to it. Don't be intimidated by titles it would be the second thing. You know, I'm talking to the C-suite level people every day and I'm an AE, but it doesn't intimidate me by any means just because they don't fall asleep with their title, neither do I. Biggest, you know, third thing that I can share is if you match the relevancy with whatever matters to this persona specifically and put your personal little twist on it, you read the room with that, you know, EQ, you bring that knowledge with that IQ, see what happens because those are the things itself. This is really great advice. Amelia, it was great to have you. If you tuned in today, go connect with Amelia Taylor from Carabiner Group on LinkedIn. On top of today's tips, she's also posts great content about RevOps. In fact, we probably would have had her on our podcast sooner, but I actually thought she was a RevOps leader. that's how good the posts are so amazing yeah again really great to have you amelia hey thank y'all so much it has been a total pleasure and i'm pumped to see just the RevOps world kind of continue to grow and scale and you guys are doing amazing things so keep it up yes appreciate you for coming on and just like that another episode of how ideal is in the books Thanks again for tuning in. If you enjoy our content, as always, please let us know whether on LinkedIn, on your whatever podcast platform you listen to. And if you really like it, please drop us a couple stars here and there uh, and we'll keep cranking these things up. But until then, we will see you next time.